Welcome to another OUinsider.com podcast. I'm RJ Young. That's Brandon Drum. Let's go through junior day. Let's go through coaching changes and a whole hell of a lot else. Brandon, how you doing? I am doing great, man. Just ready for this to die down a bit, man. I'm ready for a break. I'm not going to lie. I'm ready for a break. All right. Well, let's start with junior day then because uh, there's a lot going on at junior day. Uh, picked up a commitment, 2021 offensive lineman. Cullen Montgomery out of Bel Air, Texas, Houston Episcopal, where Lincoln Riley is familiar. Yeah. No, uh, look, he's a, he was a really good I, – I, I spoke to a guy I, work, I do CBS Sports Radio, Matt Reynolds, yesterday, and he was like, hey, I know that kid really well. And I was like, how? And he goes, well, he's a massive kid. He's really good at basketball. And when you watch his film, you can see it. I mean, you can see his feet. Um, he's really, really agile for somebody that's, I think he's like six, seven, something like that. I mean, he's a large human being and he's a really, really good athlete. Um, I, it's a really good pickup. I, I, I say to people, he's six, five, three fifteen. I say to people, don't, uh, look at his star rankings. Cause I think that's going to be adjusted here in the near future. Uh, look at his offers. And they were legit offers. I mean, you had Michigan, you had Oklahoma, you had uh, A&M. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, he had 27 total. So, I mean, Florida State, Georgia. You go through this list, and it's a who's who of in college football world. Ohio State, uh, yeah, A&M, TCU, Oregon. I mean, everybody wanted this guy. Everybody thinks the world of him. And he, his film, his junior film, is ridiculous. So... Uh, he basically looks like he should be in jail for what he's doing to some of those guys, um, just abusing them. It's a really good pickup, and yet another sign of Bill Beatenbow just cleaning house on the offensive line. No, I enjoyed the pickup because I, I looked at him and I said, okay, I see what you're good at. you natural right tackle fit, down blocking, run blocking, a mauler, finishes all of his blocks. Now, it's difficult to evaluate offensive linemen as, as big as he is because he's just so much bigger than the people he's beaten up on. I mean, Houston Episcopal, yeah. Houston Episcopal was playing in taps, I want to say, not too long ago. But also, tremendous alumni, even recently, Shane Carden came out of there, famously played for Lincoln Riley at East Carolina. Jalen Waddle came out of there. We all know he's playing wide receiver at Alabama. DeAndre Jordan played basketball there, right? So it's it's a it's becoming a sort of powerhouse of sorts. They also have uh, Donovan. Oh, is it Donovan Wilson? What's Donovan's Donovan last name? Jackson. Donovan Jackson. Thank you. Ohio State commit. So each one of their ta- uh, their tackles are committed to Oklahoma and Ohio State. Good luck, Texas high school football. Like. Yeah. Goodness me. Nobody's touching the quarterback from the edges. <laughs> and you mentioned that he's a good puller. Tremendous feet. I would like to see his feet get better, but I say that about all offensive linemen coming out of high school. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a really good basketball player, so you know it comes natural to him. That's, that's a good thing. That means that he's he's going to be able to get better because he's already, he's already played a sport that footwork is just such a high priority. So it's going to be able to, he's going to be able to translate to the college level very well. So that was the one commitment out of junior day. Mm-hmm. And this was also where we saw 2021, 2022 kids there. You had a yeah. tremendous uh, post with notes going. What were some of the things that stuck out to you? Uh, 
you know what? Uh, I'm a big fan of Choctaw's DB, Jordan Mukes. And the more I get to know about him, the more I watch him, the more I um, hear what some other college coaches think of that kid. He's going to have so many offers. Um, and I think Oklahoma will be one of those offers here in the spring, uh, summer-wise. Uh, and and they're, they're well aware of that. I mean, until, I, I know his coach, Coach Carter, and uh, I, I talk to him quite often. And he, he told me on the phone the other day, he said, look, he knows the deal with Oklahoma. Um, he knows that he's raw. He knows that he's got a lot to work on, a lot to prove, and there's a lot of work to be done. That was straight out of their mouths. There's a lot of work to be done. They want that OU offer so bad. They want offers, period. But Oklahoma, and obviously in the state of Oklahoma, is a it's kind of one of those crowning jewels. And for a kid that grew up in Choctaw, which is just a stone's throw away from Norman, that's a big deal. Um, getting that offer would be huge for him. I, I think that his supporting cast, supporting system around him are Oklahoma people. Uh, so getting an Oklahoma State offer, getting an Oklahoma offer, getting a Tulsa offer is going to mean a whole lot to him. He got a North Texas offer today. That was his first offer. That one was supposed to come last night, but it, uh, it may have came last night, uh, but it was posted this morning. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to come by this weekend. And they're going to they're going to have a uh, chance to offer him, and I, I potentially there's a thinking that they probably will. So um, that could be his first two offers, and from that point on, it looks like it's all going to be downhill for him uh, from here for him because you don't find very many guys that are as rangy as him. His film doesn't like blow you away, but the thing about him is, is you go you look at him, you're like. He's got a lot of talent, and you can tell he has no idea what he's doing right now because he's brand new to the game. He hasn't been playing for very long, and you can tell he's going to be better and better. He's one of those I, – I was talking to a, a source. I said he reminds me of those Florida DBs where they're very raw. You're like, yeah, well, they're just good athletes. But when they get trained in college, they turn into superstars because you, they're, they're brand new. There's no bad habits and that's kind of what you're going to have with him. And he's everything Oklahoma wants, long, rangy, fast. He's an 11-6, 100-meter guy. He can dunk. He can jump out of the gym. Uh, he's a great basketball player. He's a freak track guy. So uh, there, there's not much you can't like about this guy. Uh, and when he put on his uniform, he looked like he was already in college. And that was one thing I was talking to people. He looks the part already. So that's one thing. And then Gentry Williams was down there, uh, 2022 depending on what you are, four or five star, defensive back, he's, he's going to be a five star uh, no matter what. This guy is amazing athlete, amazing track guy. RJ, you can talk on that all day, every day. I know you can uh, with him. He's a, he's, a, he's a stud. And everything that he does, he's a stud. And he loves Oklahoma. And he went down there and he told me it's the first time his mom, even though she's a grad, the first time she went on a visit with him. And a lot of stuff happened. And he felt real comfortable. He said the one thing he got to do that he wanted to do was get closer with Coach Manning. He feels like their relationship is growing. Uh, he does want to get up to Michigan. He did tell me that. Um, Michigan's a school he wants to get up to. And I got another, there's another, Arkansas is the other one he likes. Uh, so I think those are the three schools that he really likes. I think Oklahoma's way out ahead. But he wants to go see what Dax uh, loves so much up there, uh, Dax Hill, a couple years ago, and why he liked it so much. And he went up there one time. He liked it. He wants to go back. Uh, but 
he loves Oklahoma more than anything. He grew up an OU fan. His dad's an OU grad. His mom's an OU grad. So that's about where it stands with him. But there's a lot more we can talk about too. No, I, I think that the two gigs you highlighted are interesting. I I personally don't think 11.6 in the 100 meters is that fast. Uh, but no, 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 I'm just saying. I, no, no, he's. A, I'm just. No, he does other things. No, no. That's I, the only time I had. I was just gonna say that's the only thing that would give me pause. Uh, but with Gentry Williams. World class speed. I've always thought that the toughest thing for Oklahoma isn't going to be Michigan or Arkansas. It's going to be the Olympics because he's just that fast. Running 47 seconds in the 400 meters as a true freshman is not normal. All right. People remember Gil Roberts coming out of Millwood at OKC. He wasn't running 47 out of high school as a true freshman. He dropped to 47 as a senior, prep senior going into his freshman year at Texas Tech. So he's Gentry's far ahead, and that's going to be, I think, the biggest deal. Playing cornerback versus playing or running in the 400 meters, it's really tough depending on where you feel you land. And as a guy that ran the 400 meters in college, I got to tell you, me personally, I'd be running track, Brandon. But that's yeah. just me, right? Uh, I also wanted to talk just a little bit about Taylor Shetron and Jacob Sexton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two new offers uh, from the 2022 class. That makes four already in the 2022 class from the state of Oklahoma. You have Gentry Williams. Uh, you've got Jacob Sexton from Deer Creek, obviously. Um, you've got Taylor Shetron, and you've got Marion Horn from Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. Uh, yep. Yeah, two of them are defensive backs. One's a wide receiver, one's an offensive lineman. Jordan Sex Jacob Sexton, sorry, is a uh, offensive lineman from Deer Creek, which I think he's going to be one of the top. 150, 100 guys in the country. Uh, he's a great offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. I love his film. Um, I, he, he plays good competition in the state of Oklahoma, and he does really well. And he was a really good performer at the camp that I went to down in Norman at the OU Elite Camp this past year. Did really well against some really good defensive linemen. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Taylor Shetron. I've been a fan of his for about a year and a half, two years now. Um, I've been pushing him pretty hard as far as getting his name out there on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, I love the kid. I think he's a great kid. I've talked to him a whole bunch. He's a really good athlete, really good basketball player. Um, Oklahoma was really high on him. He went down to the elite camp this summer, and I spoke to a few people, and they were like, yeah, he's going to be a guy that Oklahoma looks at, and he's going to be a guy that um, could potentially be an offer guy. And all of a sudden, here you go, you see he is an offer guy. And you watch his film from this past year, his sophomore season, and it's going to blow you away. He single-handedly beat Jinx. I mean, he single-handedly uh, beat a couple other teams in 6A that Santa Fe probably had no reason beaten, but they beat them because of Taylor Chetron. Uh, he is that good. He's a difference maker. He's a great athlete, and he's a guy that is going to remind – physically, he's not real big and imposing – but he reminds me a lot of C.D. Lamb coming out because C.D. wasn't very big, wasn't very strong, but he continued to work hard and get bigger and stronger. And uh, Taylor has that same kind of work ethic, same kind of drive. So he's going to remind a lot of people with his skill set, his body, his frame, uh, everything. Kind of Cody Jackson, C.D. Lamb type deal. Right on. Dre Butler was the official visit over the yes. weekend uh, at an Independence Community College by way of Covington, Georgia. Six foot five. 285-pound, tremendous bend, and your big sell on him is that he's going to come off the one year of playing junior college, meaning he's going to have four years to play three. Oh, yeah. 
that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went JUCO, and I don't know the whole story why he went JUCO. I know it's because he moved from several different places. He was he's from Maryland, moved down to Georgia. Uh, now he's at JUCO at Independence, and um, he is one of the top defensive linemen in the country in junior college ranks. Uh, he's a guy that sources told me is a must get. Uh, and I think it's more because it, it's talent's great, but it's more on the longevity four years to play three, he'd, he'd basically be there his whole college career and would be able to be taught by Thibodeau and all that. Um, he has an Auburn visit and an Oregon visit. He's already visited Maryland. Um, so those are his visits. Those are the schools. Uh, I like Oklahoma's chances. I think they're in a really good spot. Auburn is a team that I think is one to worry about because it's his family's back in Georgia. So his mom's back in Georgia. Um, they're big Ravens fan because they grew up in the Maryland area. So they were, he said they were real disappointed this past weekend about the games. Uh, but uh, – or the weekend prior, obviously. Um, but uh, I think Auburn's I, – I don't know. Oregon is one I always see now that you worry about just because they've been recruiting so well. But to me, Auburn, I think it's an Auburn-Oklahoma battle more than anything else. He took the Maryland visit because he's originally from Maryland. But I really do think Oklahoma's done a really good job pushing him, getting him on campus, and they set that thing up really, really well uh, by making him the first player ever to put on full pads for those picks that they do. Uh, Oklahoma has never allowed that. He was the first player to ever do it, and he really thought that was something neat and something different, that he got to be the first person, and he really took it as an honor. So we'll see how it all plays out, but I think Oklahoma has a really, really good shot uh, come National Signing Day in February. I'll, I'll add here that it feels like the challenge for him is not going to be like a Vandergriff situation where it's about convincing mom that this is not too far away from home. Auburn is obviously closer to Georgia than Oklahoma is. And it feels like you got to win him because you could end up losing Al- Alfred Collins to yeah. Texas. And you want to close out pretty strong with this 2020 class as much as you possibly can at least. Yep. And with visits coming up this weekend to Auburn and then finishing at Oregon the following week, we'll see what he does. I want to take a break, and then when we come back, let's talk about the coaching search for position coach might be two, right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, we got to talk about it. All right, B, the news last week among the transport portal madness where we saw four kids go in in three days, which we'll get to in a second, it was Jay Bulware taking the job at Texas, which is his alma mater, where he right. was an offensive tackle, where he was a student assistant. So after serving, what is it, seven years at Oklahoma, dating back to 2013, he yeah. goes home to take the tight end special teams job at the University of Texas. Now, two things I think are interesting about this. The first one is OU hasn't even acknowledged it. <laughs> like, they're, they're acting yeah, like it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Right, right, so there's that. But also the knowledge that Joey McGuire feels like he's in play. And I'm going to give some background real quick on Joey McGuire and then ask you your take on this stuff. But for those of you that don't know, Joey McGuire is a Texas high school football 
legend, the, the one of the best coaches of the past 25 years. He's on the level there that Alan Trimble was at in Oklahoma out of Jinx. He won three state championships, made four state title appearances in 14 years, put together a record of 141 and 42, and went 16 and 0 in 2006 and 2014. They were a top 10 team across the country. And then in 2017, one of my favorite notes, 28 of his kids play college football out of that 2017 group, one of which, of course, is Charleston Rambo. Rambo yep. gave a quote to the Dallas Morning News that said, hey, McGuire is like my dad. And if he knew that McGuire was going to take the Baylor job before that he committed to Oklahoma, he would have followed McGuire to Baylor as a tight ends coach, right? Yep. Add to this. When he took the job, shows you the type of person McGuire is too. That he right. didn't say anything to try to try to sway him. When he took the job at Cedar Hill, he was 31, and they were coming off of eight straight losing seasons and a record of 18 and 43 in the six previous. And the alumni and fans at the time did not want him to get the job, but his kiddos signed a petition. Every last one of them on that football team saying, "We want Coach McGuire as our head coach," and all they did was win. So when the job came open at Baylor, when Matt Rule took a, the Carolina Panthers job, his kids were very loud about make Coach McGuire our head coach. They gave the job to Dave Aranda and Mac Rhodes, and Dave Aranda have not been shy about saying, we want to keep Coach McGuire on staff. But now it feels like yeah. McGuire's going to have an opportunity to either join Oklahoma's defensive staff with, uh, or stay at Baylor, and we'll see what they provide him there. But interesting times and interesting stuff going on here, right, man? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I can't confirm the offer, but I, I did talk to, and I had I want to thank Chris Hummer publicly uh, for helping me out on all this. Uh, we, he and I, combo dug on this all day yesterday, and I uh, know that he has a lot of connections because he and I went down to the coaches' convention together uh, this past year, and he was he's he's a well thought of person. Two four seven is a really good guy in him. But, uh, yeah, the, the McGuire deal is, man, um, it's interesting. I can't confirm. We, we, neither one of us could get the offer out there, but what we, we could confirm was, and I spoke to people around Baylor as well that have really strong connections, and they told me, look, he's torn. Um, Oklahoma is after him. They're talking to him about a potential opening on their staff defensive-wise. That I can say. I don't know if the offer was handed out or not, but I do know that they've talked to him. I do know that he's been talked to, uh, and they said he's torn. He's already turned down Texas. He's already turned down TCU um, here in the past year, and recently TC Texas again. Uh, and he turned down te Texas when he was at a high school at Cedar Hill as well. He joined Baylor instead of Texas. I mean that. I don't. He the the reason they said they worry about Oklahoma is because. He has such a great respect for the staff at Oklahoma and the program. Uh, he has, holds it in such high regard in his mind that that's where they think it becomes where he's torn. Now, obviously, he's got a kid that is a quarterback on the team, a walk-on quarterback uh, at Baylor. Um, that's playing a major role in this as well. Um, and most people think he's going to stick with Baylor. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think the family tie has more to do with it. They, uh, one person told me if this kid wasn't at Baylor, they think he would take the Oklahoma job if it was offered to him. So, I mean, that tells you everything right there. Um, his kid being at Baylor has a lot to do with it. I think his kid likes it at Baylor. He may not want to come to Oklahoma. But you can potentially talk a kid into, hey, go learn under Riley. If you want to be a coach, go learn under Riley. 
that would probably be your best bet if you're your quarterback. But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. And obviously the running back situation uh, with uh, Bulwer out, uh, DeMarco Murray is a name that keeps popping up over and over and over and over. No matter who I talk to, they're like, I think DeMarco Murray would be a great fit. If Kel Gundy does – now, I'm told Kel Gundy is open to moving to the running back position. And at one point he told, according to a few sources, that he told Riley, hey, move me back to running back and you can find another inside – the wide receivers coach, and they just decided to go in a different direction because it really did look like they were going to Gundy was going to be moving to running backs. Now it looks like DeMarco Murray is a name that's out there, and of course there's other names, but he's a name that comes up more than anything else. So uh, we'll see. I, I I have nothing that I can confirm right now, but I do know those are the two names for the positions that has been out there more than most that I've through people I've talked to. Also, getting just getting back to McGuire. He came to Baylor as a tight ends coach and then moved to the other side of the ball where he coached defensive ends. And we all know James Lynch was the Big 12's best defensive player last year and the best player on an 11-win Baylor team. It begs the question, which side of the ball would the man coach? And is that the guy that you would want at that position for inside receivers coach or running backs coach? Or would you, would you, want, to give, uh, would you want to go 6-4? and four? and divvy up that way or is Ruffin McNeil even going to figure like that's that's always well, been a point of contention okay I really think I do think Ruffin's going to retire so that's why that fits that's why the McGuire thing fits because he coached the edge and that's where Thibodeau was coaching at Oklahoma and guess what he was the interim head coach you mean Ruffin you mean Ruffin Ruff, yeah, yeah I'm talking about Ruffin yeah, yeah. Well, McGuire did the same. No, thing. you said Tibbs when you when I thought you meant oh, yeah, Ruffin. Okay, okay. Yeah, I meant Ruffin. Sorry, okay. Ruffin. Yes, uh, Ruffin coached the edges at uh, Oklahoma, and he was the associate head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly to what <laughs> exactly what uh, McGuire was at Baylor, so it fits. It makes sense, and he has such a strong Texas tie to yeah, all man. the coaches down there that that's what you would want, right? On staff, no. it would make complete sense. Right. And I know that there's some people that think that wouldn't happen or whatever, uh, that, that, that some people don't like the move. I get it. I've read it on our board, but some people understand that that would be a good move. He's not the most seasoned guy, but he has so much connections and he's coached some really good players at Baylor that you have to think that that would be one of the moves that Riley could potentially make. I like DeMarco Murray for the same reason everybody likes everybody else likes DeMarco Murray. Played running back at Oklahoma, was an NFL rushing champ as as a running back, played for the Dallas Cowboys, and has had a bit of seasoning on Kevin Sumlin's staff at Arizona. I'm not certain that Murray can recruit, are you? Uh I think I mean it feels be... like Kale Gundy would be able to pick up the slack there, but I don't think he should always have to do that. Uh yeah, no. The uh yeah, I, I think he could recruit. I, I was told by uh, – we got a couple of guys down there in the Arizona area that I know, and they told me that he's very highly regarded, kind of a fast riser, and they think that he's a really quick learner on the job. So I, um, they think he's going to be a really good recruiter. He seems to be able to get into house, houses that, you know – other Arizona coaches potentially couldn't get because his name's DeMarco Murray. He's a former MVP, he's a former All-American at Oklahoma, and he's within these kids' lifetime, he's been a big deal. So um, it makes sense, and obviously he could learn. Running back 
coach just isn't something that you look at and you go, you know what, you need a huge, huge name because you have all those guys on that side of the ball that know how to coach, and they can help him do the things that he needs to learn to do. Uh, and within a year or two, he could be one of the best recruiters in the country off his name alone and having the OU symbol on his chest. I mean, that could go a long ways. Uh, and I think that could be something uh, that Oklahoma is looking at. Like maybe they want somebody that's going to stick around that loves the university, that they don't have to keep going through new staff changes over and over and over. I don't know. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, right? Because a name that you and I have been batting around, it feels like, for the last four years is Chip Viney, who is recruiting yep. analyst. And, of course, Annie Hansen's husband, Zach Hansen, is on staff as a senior mm-hmm. offensive analyst. And we both understand that those guys are out recruiting. Yes. But yep. Riley has not that shown... That tells you everything you need to know about Ruffin, by the way. Well, but it also begs the question, is this going to be the first time that Riley has elevated a analyst to position coach that hasn't been either a position coach or a coordinator before? I mean, Diaco sort of counts in this way, but Diaco was also a head but, uh, coach at one point. Hanson was a tight ends coach at uh, Kansas State. That's right. Been, that's right. Excuse he's me. Been a, he's that's been right. A position coach and, that's right. Uh, Viney was corners at Nevada, so they've done it. I can see them doing it now. Do I? I think Viney would be the most likely if they decided. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to move uh, Manning over to defensive end, outside linebackers, because he's coached that so much, and we're going to put Viney at cornerbacks coach. But I don't. I don't know that I see that happening just yet. I do think that's a potential of happening, but. Again, it's nothing that I would go out and report as, hey, this is what's going to happen right now because I think Oklahoma is looking to hire outside right now. Um, And is that something that could potentially cause you to lose Chip Viney because he is so highly regarded as a recruiter? Uh, He is back out on the road, and he is doing things that – and probably can do things that nobody else can do because of his youth and just the way that he gets the culture in the players. Uh, He just does. He's so good. Um, so I don't I don't know how you go about – if you're Coach Viney, I don't know how you go about doing that, it, it, looking at your future, if you don't end up getting that position coach here in the near future, which, I mean, it could happen later on. They could – other things could happen. Moves could happen, um, again, to move you – move him out into a, a position coach. I mean, who knows? They could – what if Oklahoma just went ahead and just decided, you know what? We're going to make you be the inside uh, or make you the H-back and running backs coach to Beamer, and they, they just leave everything alone, and they hire two guys on defense, and Viney's one of them. I nope. mean, that could be a potential too. I, I think so. and But it's also – you bring up a good point. Uh, whenever possible, it seems like Riley has gone outside the program to go get someone to help mm-hmm. him, whether it be Shane Beamer – uh, and there hasn't been any movement outside of Bullware on the offensive side of the ball, but Alex Grinch, uh, Roy Manning, Brian Odom, can we bring him back in after some seasoning at Houston, Washington State, so forth, so on. I think it's just because we're so familiar, especially with Viney, yeah. with with these guys, and feels like with Hanson, I mean, having the Hanson and Hanson duo stay at Oklahoma, I think, is is in everybody's best interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not not to say that what they do. Not yeah. to say that if Zach took a job somewhere else that. And he's going to leave because it wasn't that way when he's at Kansas State, obviously. But I think that sense of family and unity also just makes you stronger. But I also get, I get this. I get that Oklahoma 
is not just a national brand. It is constantly competing for a national championship. Whether or not win a semifinal or win a national championship is not really my point. My point is Riley is looking for an edge all the time. And if he yep. thinks he can get an edge by poaching someone else, like, say, Joey McGuire, off of someone else's staff to join his and teach them something new and add value where they don't have it already, I think that's what he's going to do. And that's what a head coach is supposed to do. Yeah. No, he, you, you know that he wants to win a title because, uh, look, I've reported this on OU Insider, <clears throat> and it, is, it still rings fact. I was talking to a kid, and he goes, you know what? And this is this is like we're we're talking about um, his family and all kinds of stuff. And it's in the middle of the conversation. He goes, "You know what? I was thinking about this today." And I, I'm close to the kids, so I mean, he's usually really open to me. And he goes, uh, "You know what? This just didn't make sense." But I was going to ask Coach Riley about this anyways. But I he randomly goes, "Hey, don't worry about the staff. You know, we're all going to be here." I'm not going anywhere, and we're all going to be signing new contracts soon. Don't worry about it. We're all talking about it. Just just relax about that. Don't listen to the media. Like, he goes, he randomly told me that. And he goes, that made me feel more comfortable than anything because I was going to ask him, but I didn't have to ask him that. And he goes, that made me feel like everything was going to be okay at Oklahoma and that everything that I had worried about previously, and this kid's not committed I mean, he's visited a couple of times, whatnot, but he just thought, look, this this will make Oklahoma higher on my list because of that. I feel more comfortable. Riley was open about it without me asking him, and I thought that was something that was really neat, and it really said something about the defensive staff. Now, he, he said there would be some changes to the kid. He goes, there will be minor twin changes, but nothing you would have to worry about. So, I mean, it was just like one of those deals where it's like, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? So you can kind of feel the roughing thing coming, but uh, it's a matter of when, not if, I think, more or less with roughing. But uh, I just found that an interesting anecdote to the Junior Day weekend that Riley was open to recruits about the coaching stuff and with a couple of them without even asking. Let's take a break. We come back. Let's talk about the effect of the portal entries, which looked much larger than it was. And also, I want to bring up a bit of social media news related to Oklahoma, and I'll explain that when we come back. All right, B. So last week, Thursday and Friday, I want to say Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, actually, we saw, I want to say it was four portal entrants in three days. Ryan Jones, Levi Draper, Mark Jackson, and Jordan Parker. Now, I know at least two of those guys graduating in Levi Draper and Jordan Parker. I believe Mark Jackson is too, right? I got that right? Uh, yes, Mark Jackson is also. Okay. So, like in the case of Draper, he's going to graduate and have two years of eligibility to transfer and play right away wherever he goes. Same thing I think is going to be true of Jordan Parker. Um, I think, yeah, Mark Jackson registered it last year. So mm -hmm. all three of those guys are going to be hot commodities somewhere. But we've had two schools of thought on this. One school of thought is panic because you're losing depth, even if it's not depth that has played a whole lot of football for you in 2019. Iron sharpens iron, and having more guys to go through practice is better than not having more guys to go through practice, right. especially the quality of player that each one of those kids was, including Ryan Jones. Now, Correct. the other school of thought on that 
is dead weight, don't need it, shed it, uh, use the scholarships on somebody else, for which I'm going, you say that like they're just a whole bunch of dudes. Right, but, but, but they say that like there's a whole bunch of dudes out there for them to go get. Now, as much as folks love Oklahoma, luring away some of the prize uh, transfers or just transfers from Michigan, from Tennessee, from Georgia, from Clemson, from wherever, is not as easy as you think it is because those kids get to be more choosy than many of the prep recruits that we know just because the rules are a different, little different and they enter the portal when they enter the portal. So what is your assessment of the guys that went in and what Oklahoma is prepared to do about it? Uh, I think losing – look, everybody knows my relationship with the Drapers. That's no secret. Um, I think losing Levi is big. I think losing – I think Jordan Parker was a big name coming out of the uh, fall camp, and all of a sudden he just stopped playing. I don't know. Especially with the move back to corner. That was, yeah, that was what we were most excited about. Yeah. was talking about yeah. how well he was doing. Uh, he was a hot commodity at that point in time, and he even played some of the beginning of the year and played fairly well. Um, so then, and then here came Jay Davis. <laughs> yep, and then everything stopped. And yeah. I think at that point in time, I think there was some I, – I think morale was lost there with him, and that's quite understandable um, with Same. everything that's gone yeah. on with his career to begin with, right? Yeah. With Jordan Parker. Uh, right. So – you would expect him to lose morale, lose some will, some drive. Uh, it just It's going to happen eventually after you've been injury after injury. You fight back. You earn your way back into the to playing time, and then some freshman comes in and takes your spot. Right. Same That's thing with, with Mark Jackson. You know, yeah. Mark Jackson watched Nick Benito and David Uguebu go out there at a position that we all thought he would thrive in, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And even Riley had alluded to him being in the doghouse earlier in yes. the year. And I think we're figuring out some things about Grinch and what he values and who he plays. Everybody uses the term mentality, and everybody uses the term bust. And by bust, I mean you didn't know your assignment on that play. And it seems like you can't come back from bust. Like John Michael Terry played a lot of football before he got hurt, in large part because he said, hey, it's a guy that just didn't have a whole lot of bust. And yep. you could say the same thing about Benito later on because it was like, hey, that was a guy that was still trying to figure it out in the spring, put it together in, in camp, and away we go. Some of these dudes that have tremendous talent need to have the opportunity to make mistakes just because they're more talented than others. Because what I tell people about Levi Draper, because I love him and I've always loved his game, he doesn't hurt his shoulder. You're not talking about Kenneth Murray. You're talking about Draper. You know, he's that talented. And the idea of having Levi at the mic and Murray at the will was intoxicating to me. Like, I was just like, that's as it should be. That, that would have been what it needed to be. But injuries are injuries, and playing time is playing time. Murray got the reps and the starts throughout 2017 and basically opened a gap between him and everybody else. And it felt like, for whatever reason, Draper could never get significant snaps at linebacker, even as he played in every game and played on a bunch of teams. And by teams, I mean special teams. Yeah, yeah no, he, he there was there was a time when, at the beginning of the year when everybody thought that he was going to be in the rotation. It looked like he was the first couple of, uh, first couple of games. He was getting minutes and significant minutes mm-hmm. at the Mike linebacker. So uh, it, it all just kind of flipped on its end, and they decided to go in a different direction. Uh, and I guess – I don't know the whole backstory, and I, I, I'm not even going to try to go there because 
I don't think it's there's there's no point in it. But hey. he's moving on. Uh, I think he's going to end up at some big power five school potentially. Uh, he's getting some looks from what I'm told. But some SEC schools are reaching out to him, um, places like that. So uh, he'll he's going to land on his feet. If not, he could land at an SMU or a Tulsa or somebody like that. I think would be just fine. Um, as far as uh, Jordan Parker goes, I mean, you ex- I expect him potentially to go back out west. Uh, that's where he's from, um, and I think he'll probably play, and I think he'll be pretty good. I think sometimes a new place, a new scenery does a, does wonders for those kids. Uh, we've seen it at Oklahoma, uh, and we've seen it elsewhere where kids leave here, and they end up playing pretty well. So Will Sunderland uh, got in trouble, we, remade yep. himself, goes to Troy. He's one of the better safeties in the country last year. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, that – happens mm-hmm. it happens all across the country no matter what uh there's transfers that end up doing i mean smu made a killing off transfers this year so i mean it it happens could be miami this year could be miami, yeah, miami. they get all those kids eligible in addition to dear king yep so they're they're loading up on transfers as well so i mean sometimes change of scenery just does wonders for kids so on the other hand now we have these scholarships that are available for oklahoma and in the summer, because they, I mean, short of a grad transfer, and that window's closed, because uh, the grace period has come and gone. What do you think that this means for OU going into the summer? Besides, yes, they're going to give all the excuses in March and April about, hey, we just don't have enough bodies. We need to get our 2020 kids here. And I'm like, okay, you got 12 of them in here. So, yeah, but we lost this many to the portal. It happens every year, like Ty Diarman. Michael Jones, Troy James, in addition to the guys that we mentioned, yeah, it's gonna happen. So I bring it in, guys, too, and same, so it's right, it evens out. right. So like when they say that, I'm like, you act like none of your your 2020 class is early enrolled when really it's more than half of them. So anyway, the 85 scholarship is a number, but they can have up to 100 four year period on scholarship. So right. At some point, you can have 100 guys on scholarship at one time and not 85. Right. So. It, there's there's more to it than people notice and see just because there's so many different variations of the rules that the NCAA puts out there. That So in a four-year period, you can have 100 guys on scholarship, and that, that even goes into those guys leaving, and you bring in somebody else to take that spot that's going to go to that 100. So they even out. I mean, things are still good. They still have, I think, maybe two scholarships to get to 85 right now. So – it's still okay at Oklahoma right now as far as the numbers go. They had overage numbers at some positions and didn't have enough at others. And luckily, a lot of the guys that are leaving aren't uh, – they were at positions that there was a lot of numbers at. So. It's and, if, and if there weren't, they wouldn't be leaving. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so there, there's the, – the hits aren't – as grand, as talented as those guys are. It's not as like Oklahoma can't fill in for that position. And, uh, I mean, I've even talked to a couple of people around some of the transfers, and they even feel that same way. They're like, yeah, it's not like they're not, they're not going to miss those guys because they're just going to bring in somebody else and keep on trucking because it's OU. And that's exactly the way the transfers see it. They love the university, but they know the university is going to live without them. So uh, it's just the way it is. Is there something you want to talk about that I didn't bring up? No, no, we're good. Okay. Well, I want to finish by you giving us some dates because uh, people are always looking forward to what's the – because this we called it Junior Day, but there's yeah. Junior Day and there's Junior Day. So uh, the next Junior Day is in February, correct? 
No, there's another one. Oh, this uh, weekend? The next three, two weeks. Okay, I, I okay. Junior days. They're just doing... The well, that days. yeah, then one's in February. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, one. Yeah, okay, last one, okay, right, okay. Right before uh, signing period. Uh, National signing day, the right before dead period starts. Um, so I think it's February 2nd or around the, or February 1st or something like that. I can't remember. That's right. Yeah, because February 2nd, I believe, is... Uh, or February 1st, is that... No, Super Bowl Sunday is February 1st, so it's got to be... No, February first yeah. is Saturday, so February second is Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. yep. So they're gonna you'll basically what's gonna happen is is for the next two weeks Oklahoma is gonna have semi junior days. They're gonna have guys coming in. When I say junior days, it's gonna be just like last week where you have ten, fifteen dudes in and that's it because they want to make it a priority and it's an exclusive deal. So they try to keep it as quiet as they possibly can. Uh, they because obviously NCAA rules. If a guy shows up and wants a tour, they have to do it because it's a public facility uh, and a state facility. So uh, they try to keep it as quiet as possibly can. And basically, one person told me if they don't have an invitation, they don't know about it, then they weren't invited. Type deal. So which is how it is everywhere, by the way, guys. Yeah, so don't yeah. freak out. It's like Oklahoma State does the same thing. Yes, they keep it as quiet because they want to make sure they give everybody the amount of attention they feel like they, they deserve while they're on campus. Instead of having 30 guys, they they just make it really, really small, and they do it every weekend instead of just having these two big, huge weekends. So uh, it's worked out pretty well for Oklahoma. They usually get a commit or two every weekend that they do these. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked to see another commit next weekend and the weekend after. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it just wouldn't shock me just because of Basically, it happens more often than not on these junior days. Hey, B, uh, did you see Jalen Hurts' 40 time? I did not. What do you run? 4-6-1. Yeah. He's flying. Is it? Because he ran 4-4-8 out of high school. Well, he also weighs like 30 more pounds. No, nah, he's 218. He's two, I think he's like 216 out of high school. What is he right now? What they weigh? 218. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your boy's, your boy's not that fast, bro. Not that six, fast. Uh, quarterback's pretty flying. Well, p- put it perspective here is Jordan Love and Justin Herbert ran four six eight. Not bad. I know it's not bad, but it ain't. It look. I can't wait. Hey, for, I can't wait for Joe Burrow to run the forty yard dash so I can collect on my pizza. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> He's got to run more than four six one. Though. That's right. He's got, all he got to do is go four six zero. Okay. We'll see. Oh man, knowing my luck, Joe Burrow ain't even gonna run. <laughs> well, then you owe me pizza. Oh, <laughs> golly. <laughs> Come on. No, uh, I'll bring it up to say uh, the Senior Bowl is coming, right? Uh, Neville Gallimore is making himself a lot of money this week. Hurts yes, he well. already answered the question of, hey, uh, I'm a team guy first. Everybody knows that, but I'm a quarterback. And I'm like, hey, you, you talk your noise, son. Uh, when, yeah. when you end up tasting Hill, it, it, uh, then – yeah, I think that's where he's going to end up is that right. season. Unless he just goes out there and destroys people with some sort of passing performance on Saturday to give people pause, but yeah, the tape is the tape. Struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, the tape's the tape. Tape's the tape, you know, and, and I get that. So, like, right now he's fighting with Herbert and Love, who's a redshirt junior, but, you know, graduating and so forth and so on, and Anthony Gordon to basically be the third or fourth guy taken because – it's going to go Joe, it's going to go Tua, and then maybe Fromm, believe it or not, right? Because he's in the mix there. Also, in this thing, uh, I want to say there's one more 
Am I missing an OU guy? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because CD and, and Kenneth are, are considered underclassmen, even, even as I think both of those guys graduated. I know Kenneth did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so who are you asking about? I think I touched on them. I think I touched yeah, them because it's just okay. Neville and Jalen. Yes. Okay. I do believe that is correct. Right. And I'm just making sure I got that right. But I'm excited to see what he looks like. He's been wearing an OU helmet at practice. We yeah, think he's gonna wear an OU the whole time. Right, say. right, and he's gonna keep that keepsake, and they're gonna special, uh, they're gonna auction off the uh, yeah. helmet divided for special spectators. I don't think his his I don't people want to they the way they talked at the Heisman. I think there's more to the Alabama transfer thing than uh, people are. Oh, I'm on. I'm sure there is because there always yeah. is. Well, they said, well, we're on live TV. They did that twice. Like Jalen said it and his dad said it. It's like, well, I think there's more to it, folks. <laughs> they wanted to open up about some things, and they just didn't want to do it. Uh, so, all right. I'm, I'm, one of these days we're going to find out in his memoir, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, Jalen Hurts ain't going to write a memoir. He hope he does. No, cool. uh, it would be cool, but he ain't going to do it. He ain't the type. He, yeah, he ain't right. the type. No, my, His memoir is going to be be the coffee bean. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be his memoir. That is Brandon Drum. I'm RJ Young. This is the OU Insider Podcast. If you don't subscribe to OUinsider.com, I don't know what you're waiting on. This is the season for which my man Drum is at peak performance, revving on all engines, also working on very little sleep. As he's chasing down news, I'm chasing down news. Uh, I just wrote about and put up a video about Seth McGowan, who is early enrollee, who is also on campus, so you want to get there for that. Uh, had some stuff Colin's about. Got some stuff up too. Right on 2022 guys. So if recruiting is your bag, guess what we're doing right now? You know? yeah, coaching changes, recruiting, team news on the winter stuffs coming up here in the next couple of days. We got our, got the gambit coming. Right on. All right, Bubba. Uh, until we talk again, deuces. All right, see you.